My uh, sermon today is entitled Faith in the Storms of Life. The story is told about a man who was a successful bill collector. He could collect old debts from people whom other collectors had given up on long before. Someone asked him how he did it. Oh, it's quite simple, really. I just write them one letter, and in that letter, I tell them that just one thing, and that one thing is this. If you don't pay your bill immediately, the one thing you feared is going to happen. He was, of course, gambling on a rather safe bet that we all have fears of things happening to us in the future. Then there's the story of the fellow on shipboard who was miserably seasick. One of his friends found him hanging over the ship's rail and said, cheer up, buddy. No one ever died from seasickness. Don't tell me that, said the poor pallid victim with a groan. It's only my hope of dying that has kept me alive so far. These two amusing stories have one thing in common, an anxiety concerning the future. With COVID-19, we not only have to worry about our future today, but also about the present. We are threatened by a pandemic that none of us have had to face in our lifetimes before. This brings us to our Old Testament lesson from Psalm 28, whose words tell us that the Lord is our strength and our shield and that we find our refuge in him. Likewise, our lesson from Mark's gospel is also about faith and trust or the lack thereof. The scene takes place on Lake Galilee Use your imagination as you put yourself into the story. You may even want to close your eyes as I read this. It has been a good day for you up to this point. The hours have been spent listening to Jesus teach a huge crowd there at the water's edge. As a matter of fact, the crowd is so large that Jesus has to stand in a boat to preach while the people press themselves along the seashore. You and some of the other disciples are there in the boat with him. After all, someone has to keep things steady, tend the anchor, and so on. You feel quite, uh, quite good about that. Here, as many people that are gathered to hear this remarkable young preacher of all people, only you and a very few others have been invited to the boat. What a great honor this is. But now the day is spent, and for that matter, so is Jesus. He is worn out. He needs a break. Since he's already in a boat, he suggests that you all set out to the other side of the lake. So you weigh anchor and cast off and start crossing the Sea of Galilee, which is 13 miles long at its longest and eight miles wide at its widest. Meanwhile, Jesus is so exhausted that he falls asleep on a cushion in the stern. About five miles across the lake, 
you encounter a great storm. Suddenly, your worst fears are realized. Without any warning, one of the dangerous squalls swoops down from the mountain passes. The sky has grown dark and threatening. The winds are beginning to whistle. The black waves are growing and beginning to pound against the sides of the little boat, washing over everyone in it. The craft is tossed to and fro as easily as a leaf is tossed around by a breeze. You and everyone else begins to feel the grip of a powerful fear clutching in your gut. In this dreadful situation, your heart begins to pound as hard as the waves. Your breathing becomes short and labored. Suddenly, you and others remember your special passenger in the stern of the boat, and you look at him, and he's still asleep. No wonder Jesus is awakened. Teacher, the boat's going down. Don't you care? To which he simply replies, what are you afraid of? Where's your trust in me? But before he said those things, he spoke loudly shouting out into the storm, out into the night, saying to the wind and water, peace, be still. Surprisingly, at his words, the wind stops and the sea flattens. You are all stunned. The seascape goes from tempest to calm in the breath of a few words. The loud howling wind ceases, roaring waves vanish, their beat boat bobs and everyone stops their shouting. There's no noise. All is silent. All is calm, except perhaps the beating of everyone's hearts, amazed at what he had done. Then into the silence, in a quiet voice, Jesus asks you all, why are you afraid? Where is your faith? Where is your trust? This reminds me of another storm on the sea. John Wesley could hardly have been called a faint-hearted stay-at-home guy, but there were times when even he lost his nerve. During one of Wesley's several Atlantic crossings, a frightening, fierce storm broke out, pitching and tossing the ship about like a bathtub toy. While Wesley and the others clung to their bunks and hid their heads, a community of Moravians traveling to their new homeland calmly gathered to hold their daily worship service and sing praises to God. Watching these Moravians so apparently unperturbed by the howling winds and crashing waves, Wesley realized that he was witnessing a truly waterproof faith. From that moment on, John Wesley prayed that God would give him the ability to likewise ride out life storms with such confidence. What made those Moravians so peaceful in the face of the tempest? 
This was the faith those Moravian travelers showed to John Wesley, the faith that put their trust in Jesus. Most of the people reading the story of Jesus calming the storm would interpret it literally as an actual journey upon the sea. There is, however, another way to view this story, and that is as a parable. The figure of a ship or boat has often been used in Christianity to symbolize the church or the people of God. Likewise, the sea from the creation story of Genesis has often been used to represent chaos or the threats to life itself. Whether we interpret it literally or symbolically, the teaching is that we, the people of God or church, need to put our trust and our faith in Jesus Christ to calm our fears in all the storms of life. Today, like those disciples on a boat in a terrible storm, we are afraid and ought to be because of COVID-19 is a novel virus, meaning we have never seen this illness before and do not yet know how to effectively treat it. More than six and three quarter million Americans have contracted this virus and around 200,000 people have already died because of COVID-19 related infections. That is more American deaths than those Americans who died during World War II and the Vietnam War combined. And still casualties mount and this virus will not magically go away. From what I'm hearing from health professionals, a vaccine will not be approved and widely distributed, distributed at least until next summer or fall at the earliest. That means most likely it's going to be a tough fall and winter. I even heard one health professional estimate that COVID deaths in our country could double by the end of this year. That would mean around 400,000 deaths. One of the great teachings of our faith is to love our neighbors as ourselves. Therefore, we need to follow the CDC guidelines for the prevention of the disease. And the disease is spreading even here in Stevenson County. Therefore, we need to listen to the medical professionals like Dr. Fauci rather than to politicians who may have ulterior motives in the advice that they give. We have the responsibility to help prevent the spread of the disease by always wearing masks when we are near to others. Both our mouth and nose need to be covered at all times when we are inside with others. And when we are outside, uh, we must be covered unless we are not, unless we are socially distanced. I believe that is not only the Christian thing to do, but it's also the patriotic thing to do. 
We, of course, all have other stresses in life in addition to the pandemic. Research shows that there is more anxiety, depression, loneliness, and a number of other factors. Life at times can be hard enough, let alone the other issues that we have to deal with during this pandemic. It is no secret, of course, that Jesus faced various stresses too. Yet he modeled a balanced approach in dealing with those stresses of his life by maintaining close, supportive friendships and by withdrawing into times of solitude and prayer whenever the stressful opposition of the religious leaders or the pressures and demands of the crowd became too great. He brought to each task these essential elements, confidence, calm, competence, and companionship. May we look to Jesus and learn from him that we might better manage our stresses today. Like Jesus, we need to remember this as we read the Bible and pray daily for guidance and strength. Look to Jesus Christ as your anchor in life. Christ can calm those inner storms that we all face. This is so important. As Jesus needed disciples, not only for the task of reaching out to people in ministry and the proclamation of the gospel, so we need to remember that we need one another, and not only for the work of the church, but also for mutual support and strength. We need to be spiritually in touch with one another through the week. Your brothers and sisters need to hear from you, and you need to hear from them. So don't wait. Please take the initiative. Pick up the phone and make some phone calls, perhaps send a few cards, and let them know that you're thinking of them. Pastor Melissa, the caring callers, and I are making contacts, but we can't do it all. Here are some other things to consider. Get plenty of physical rest and sleep. Eat a balanced and healthful diet so that your body gets the nutrients it needs. Exercise as you are able. Just a minimum of 20 minutes three times a week can bring enormous benefits by helping you release physical and emotional tension, enhancing your circulation, improving your mental alertness, and making you feel better. Look for things that are humorous and laugh. Modern science is increasingly showing that laughter releases brain chemicals that lifts the mood and promotes health. Read books and watch television programs that are uplifting and divert you for a while from your daily cares. Forgive others. Don't hold bitterness inside, for it truly is damaging to our bodies and to our souls. Whatever storm we are facing, may we do so knowing that the one who is in the boat with us, Christ is our strength and our salvation, and we find our peace in him.
The meaning of those words came home to the late Bishop Quayle of our denomination. The story is told that one night the bishop was concerned with all the problems of the churches and burdened with tremendous responsibilities. So he tossed and turned on his bed, unable to sleep. Far into the night, he became quiet, remembered God, and heard him say, It's all right, Quail. I'll take over now. You go to sleep. And he did. As one poet put it, I cannot understand the why and wherefore of a thousand things, the burdens, the annoyances, the daily stings. I cannot understand, but I can trust, for perfect trusting, perfect comfort brings. I cannot see the end, the hidden meaning of each trial sent, the pattern into which each tangled thread is bent. I cannot see the end, but I can trust, and in God's changeless love, I am content. My friends, may it be true for all of us. Amen.